So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You are the manifestation of the Trinity on earth living in us. You bring the reality of the Father and the Son to us. Without you, we can't see the Father and we can't see the Son. We can't be transformed. You're the one that reveals truth. You take the Word of God and you breathe on it and life flows. We see what we've never seen before. And so we surrender every desire to you, every every reliance on the flesh and the natural abilities that we have. We surrender to you. Come and breathe on us. Give us fresh perspective. Like Elisha prayed, Lord, open our eyes that we may see. And you open the eyes of Elisha's servant and he saw. We ask for that, Lord Jesus. We know your word says the natural man does not perceive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolish to them. Nor can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. But those that are in the Spirit, they see and they judge all things and they are not judged by circumstances. We don't get our our direction from what life around is saying to us, but we're spiritual. We see what you see. We thank you today that we have the mind of Christ. So I welcome you to do what only you can do. I pray today for spiritual sight for every single person, an upgrade to see what you see. And all God's people said, Amen. How's that, Craig? New sight, new sight. I need new sight. I pray, Lord, thank you for vision, but thank you that you're giving me more and more vision. You're giving me the the same, as it were, anointing of the owl that's able to see in the dark. Thank you for that, Lord. Mark 8.22. Then he came to Bethsaida. Bethsaida is the town known for unbelief and hardness. And they brought to Jesus a blind man. Now, who brought to Jesus the blind man? It was the disciples. This was the disciples' hometown. They'd grown up in this same town of unbelief and hardness, and they knew this man. They brought him to Jesus not knowing that every miracle that Jesus performed within that miracle was a life lesson. They were bringing to Jesus a man that was blind, but in reality they were bringing to Jesus themselves, for they were blind. Seven times in the Gospels, Jesus heals a blind man, specifically a blind man. In the holy place, there is a candle with seven branches representing the seven branches of the Holy Spirit, which brings illumination. Seven blind men in darkness who meet the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of light, who takes those that are blind and causes them to see. Isn't that amazing? And he took the blind man by the hand and he led him out. What's it say? He led him out of the town, out of all the junk. And today God wants to lead you out of all the things that blind you. Isn't that amazing? That's the heart of Jesus. He wants to lead you out of insecurity, anger, inferiority, fear, all the things that blind you. Jesus is going to lead you out today. Try this side. Jesus is going to lead you out today. Come on, teach them how to praise. Jesus will lead you out today. Come on, see? 
Jesus will lead you out. He'd been blind for so long. And Jesus comes and grabs him. Imagine feeling the hands of Jesus next to you can't see and he's holding your hand and he's leading you out of that place of darkness. When Jesus led him out of the town, he heard that sound. He thought he had Chewy on his foot, but no, it was Jesus getting ready to spit on him. And it says, and Jesus spat on his eyes. You don't want to miss what is taking place here because everything that Jesus does has profound meaning. We know that as we Look at this scripture that Jesus is pointing to a greater reality about the man's blindness. One of the primary ways that DNA is collected for testing is through saliva. What Jesus was doing this day was creating a transfer of identity from him to the blind man. He was taking the DNA of himself and placing it in the DNA of this blind man. This identity that the blind man had associated with was not the identity that God had created for him. And in one moment, Jesus, by spitting on his eyes, was shifting the identity once and for all that this man had carried all his life. And I prophesy today that there are many of God's people that have been living under a false identity, and Jesus is about to shift that in a moment. He spat on his eyes. And then he put his hands on him, which was a transfer of power, a transfer of identity, and then a transfer of power. And he asked him if he saw anything, and he looked up, and he said, I see men like trees walking. Now, theologians and preachers have done all sorts of things with this verse. And hopefully today, I will bring a new perspective of what Jesus was doing. Jesus was not having a bad day. He hadn't forgot to pray in the morning. It wasn't because he hadn't fasted. It wasn't out of alignment. This was a progression. This was a miracle to unveil to us what God does in the life of every believer. He looked up and he said, I see men like trees walking. What a strange thing to say. The Hebrew alphabet has numbers attached to each letter. And what is really interesting, that when you add up the numbers for the word tree, it is the same numerical value as the number for identity and the number for eyes. Did you hear that? I see men like trees. I see a new identity. I'm seeing that I see myself in a whole new way. Even though I can't see clearly in the natural, I'm beginning to see myself like I've never seen myself before. I see men like trees. And he put his hand on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored. And he saw everyone clearly and The Lord sent him away to his house and said, Do not go into that town and don't tell anyone in that town. So two things today. 
before we pray for you. Number one, if you're taking notes, and welcome to all those on live stream. Welcome to those watching on YouTube. God's going to do an amazing work for you as well. And if you're watching via YouTube or live stream, you can have your own Holy Ghost encounter while we speak today. Amen? Amen. 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 Woohoo! Number one, I must come into alignment with Father's vision for my life. Today, Father is wanting his people to come into alignment with his vision for our lives. He looked up and he said, I see men like trees that are walking. Our greatest dysfunction is our inability to see God, to see ourselves, and to see others. And true healing is all to do with the value of being able to see clearly. Oh, I wish I could somehow emphasize, push in, describe clearly to you the value of what I just said. The greatest miracle is being able to see yourself and others and the Father clearly. The greatest miracle. So before his eyes are naturally healed, he gets his vision of men like trees. Men like trees. Men like trees. Men like trees. Jesus has spat on his eyes and there's been a a profound impartation of God's identity. Not just the identity of Jesus in him, but his identity. For when we see Jesus, we see ourselves. There's been a transference of deep identity into this man. And he'll never be the same again. He'll never go back to that town again. He'll never talk to the people of that town again. Because something has shifted inside his heart. Every decade has a Hebrew theme, and you've no doubt many of you heard all the themes that happen. And they're not just some random thing, because God speaks to us through everything around us, through times and seasons. And you know that the Hebrew theme has been in 5770 AM, which is a word that describes the eye. It's not without chance that right through this, this last 10 years that God has been speaking to his church about sight, about the prophetic mantle, about seeing in the spirit, because he's trying to get our attention. There's been a message of prophetic insight, but also deep-rooted identity to see myself as God truly sees me. God has been saying it over and over and over again to his church. I want to anoint your eyes so you would see like I see. And I feel his heart saying, my people don't see what I see about them. It's been a decade where God's renewed our mind to see how he sees. To see from light and not darkness. To see from hope, not despair. To see from love and not hate. From faith and not fear. It's a decade of accessing the mind of Christ. And this man said, I see men like trees Walking. Ayan, which is the word for 70, represents insight. It's the gateway to reality. Isn't it interesting that in Galatians 3.13, it says that Jesus redeemed us from the curse, having become a curse for us. 
For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a on a tree. On that tree was a picture of all the cursed identity of man, sickness, sin, poverty. Every aspect of our material, our spiritual. And our material world. Jesus hung on the tree. That tree represents our false identity. The cross is a tree. And when Jesus hung on the cross, he was... And see, most people don't understand the message of the cross. The cross is the gateway to reality. See, before you come to the cross, you are living in a false identity. When you come to the cross, it is a... It's a narrow way, but it is also a way, a gateway. As you step through the cross, you die to the old self, the old perspective, and you step into a new reality of who I am. That's what the cross is. You're stepping into reality. Mark 8, 34, same chapter. Jesus said, whoever desires to come after me, they've got to deny themselves. So you can't have your perspective in his, your identity in his. It says, whoever desires to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake and the gospel will save it. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? See, what does it profit you if you go through all of life, accumulating, doing all stuff, but you lose your identity and purpose? You get to the end of your life and you've lived a life that God never designed. You've not seen what God saw when he looked at you. He says, what is a prophet a man if he gains the whole world, spends all this energy and focus running after things that I never created, pursuing an identity, uh, uh, you know, because as we get older, we create a perspective of who we are and we guard it and we fight for it. This is who I am. Don't you change me. Don't you ask more of me. Chloe today spoke on surrender. That's what the cross is. It's saying, Lord, not my will, not my identity. I want to step into your identity for me. That's what sight is. What will a man exchange for his soul? And so we think, you know, what will I exchange for my soul? So do I want lots of money for my salvation? Will I exchange? No, it's, it's more than that. It's saying, what will you exchange for who you really are? What have you sold out for? The cross is the gateway to reality. I see men like trees. He had a vision of the cross and the gateway to reality. He began to see who he was. The saliva as it began to drip through his eyes and penetrate his eyes. He began to see. This was the DNA of God. I'd say, Jesus, spit on me all you like. Spit on my eyes until they're full, until I get your DNA for my life. I want what's in you in me. I want every cell of your DNA riding inside me. Because when I discover you, I discover myself. That's why Jesus said, who do you say I am? Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're the prophet. Some say you're, you know, the Lion King. And he says, who do you say I am? And and Peter says, you are Jesus. You are the Christ, the Son of God. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And he says, and you know what? Now that you know who I am, I'm going to show you who you are. I've got to come into alignment with Father's vision for my life. 
John 1.44, Philip was, who also was from Bethsaida, this same town, the city of Andrew and Peter. See, this is great, isn't it? You can be blind as a bat, but you can see. Andrew, Peter, and this blind man all came from Bethsaida and all became great men of sight and vision. Doesn't matter how screwed up you are with your identity, doesn't matter how much the enemy's tormenting you, there is hope today to see. Philip finds Nathaniel and says, We found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets write about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And they said, Come and you'll see. And Jesus said, here's a man, Nathaniel, without guile. Nathaniel said, how do you know me? And Jesus said, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I saw you. Before Philip called you, I saw you sitting under a fig tree. Do you know the fig tree is an idiom for, for this? And it means I have known you since the cradle. He said to Nathaniel, I've, not only do I know stuff about you now, I know everything. I, I knew you before the cradle. I knew you before you were born. I saw you. And if you come to me, you'll see too. I know everything about you. I'm about to align you with your destiny. I see men like trees walking. So I asked God, Lord, how am I known in heaven? What do you want me to see? Remember, I've told you over and over again, that when we get to heaven, we are assured of this one thing, a fire. A Holy Ghost fire. And that fire will burn, 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 burn. And those that have their identity aligned with his identity for their life, well, you'll walk through the fire and say, thank you, Jesus. You'll be like Enoch, you'll just take one step and there'll be no shift. I want that, don't you? I don't want to get to heaven and realize, what? Is that what you saw? You mean I've left all that behind? All these things have been burned up by the fire? All my works, all these perceptions that were never yours? I don't want that. My friend, that's the one thing that you ought to fear. How do you know me? How do you perceive me? Open my eyes to see. Holy Spirit, today, come upon your people and cause them to see what God sees about their lives. Micah 4.4 4 says, Each of them will sit under their vine and under their fig tree. No one will make them afraid. Do you understand what that means? Micah saw the day when everyone would sit under their fig tree. Everyone would get a revelation of God for their lives. They will know what God thought when God created them before the cradle. Micah saw a day when the whole body of Christ come into alignment with God's purpose for their life, where every single person says, I know that I know why God created me. And I truly see, Zechariah 3.10 says, in that day declares the Lord, everyone will invite his neighbor to sit under his vine and under his fig tree. Isn't it amazing? It means no matter where I sit in church, everybody's going to have their own vine and fig tree. Oh, for the day. 
for all the fights and the misunderstandings and the pains in the church are because people are living wrong identities. And whenever you're out of identity, there's always friction. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. So, Lord, help me to see men walking like trees. Anoint my eyes to see. God wants to anoint our eyes to bring us into alignment with Father's vision. And the second thing I want to quickly talk to you about is this, is that identity and true vision always precedes the outworking of our calling. Note the order of this miracle. He sees men walking like trees. And then Jesus touches him again and restores his vision. I like that. It means once he could see. I always, when I hear a story like that, I think that God's sort of pointing us back to what man first was. He says he could see clearly, and that word clearly means he could see at a great distance. So he began to see as Adam was created to see. He's like John talks about fathers who have known him who's from the beginning. They're able to see wide perspective behind and in front. They're starting to get long-term vision. This is called assignment and calling. So you can't pursue that without identity. And Jesus said to him, don't go in the town and don't tell anyone. Don't go in the town and don't speak. Until you can see, you can't speak. And when you can see, God will change the way you speak. Matthew 7, 15 says, beware of false prophets. What's a false prophet? Well, a false prophet can be those that prophesy false things over you, but they can be things that you've accepted from the enemy as truth, but it's a lie. The enemy prophesies over you every day. You're a loser. It's never going to change. God doesn't love you. It's all a joke. Christianity is a myth. Blah, 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 blah. How do I know that? Because he does it to me. And remember what I've told you about the devil? Everything the devil says is quite helpful because he is the master of lies he speaks from his own native tongue. He is a compulsive liar. He has never spoken the truth in any stage of his life because he is a compulsive liar. So that tells me if he's a compulsive liar, everything he says to you, and you know it's him because it leaves you feeling worse than before he spoke. This is the thing. If God speaks to you, he lifts you up. If the devil speaks to you, it depresses you and brings you, spirals you down. It's not rocket science, is it? Wow! So if he's telling you those things, reverse it 180 degrees and there's the truth. If he says God's not real, say thank you, I know he's real. If he says you're never going to make it, thank you, now I know I'm going to make it. Because he's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar and his pants will soon be on fire. For a long time. Woo! So he actually does you, I know it's painful, we, we make fun of it and we all go through Tremendous challenges, but he's a liar. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep. See, it sounds right, sheep clothing, but inwardly it's like a wolf. It's destroying you on the inside. It seems true, but it's a lie. 
You will know them by their fruit. Men don't gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. What's good fruit? Fruit that remains. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. If you get your identity right, your sight right, if you begin to see how God sees, your fruit will remain. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Cannot. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. See, if you're operating out of a false sight, false identity, your fruit may look good for a season and people get so mixed up. Oh, look, look, they're taking off. They seem to be going so well. Give it time, lassie. Give it time. Because every good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And if people's vision about God and themselves and others is all wrong and cactus, they will never bear good fruit. Good fruit is fruit that remains. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, Keith. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in those days, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? So people say, well, these are not Christians. Okay, well... I grant you that may be the case, but I want to see it another way. Many have prophesied, have spoken in your name, cast out demons and done many wonders. And the Lord will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, those who practice lawlessness. I can't help but think that what Jesus is saying here is not that you could be a good Christian and cast out demons and do wonders and miracles and then get to heaven and God say, oh, by the way, who are you? Out. I think what he's saying here is if we don't have true identity, we can do a whole lot of stuff. What we think is our assignment and calling, a whole lot of miracles and wonders and you can Literally cast out demons. And, but if you're not seeing yourself and the Father and others as he sees, then it all avails to nothing. That's why the widow can give two mites. And it's worth more than all the riches of the rich men because her heart motivation was right. Her sight was right. That's why 1 Corinthians 13 says that you can have faith that moves mountains. That's not just some little faith. That's powerful faith. And give your possessions to the poor. Surrender your body to be burned. You can prophesy and know all mysteries. These are not just average Joe Christians. These are powerful people. And you can have all the stuff going on. It, it looks like your assignment and your calling. But if you don't have true sight, if you don't see the cross as the gateway to reality, if you don't come in and allow him to define you, everything that you do will be burnt up. So God's aligning his church in this hour to see how he sees. And I believe with all my heart that true power and authority will come as people are rooted in identity, that they see what he sees and they walk out of that place and as they speak, the ground trembles. Rosh Hashanah. Hebrew I'm almost finished. The year is 5780. It's coming up this year. 
A whole new beginning based on right seeing and perspective. This is amazing. We've had 10 years of God aligning our perspective. So when we step out, we won't be like Jephthah who saved a whole nation and lost the very child that was most important. In this next decade, it's 2020 vision. It's a new beginning based on right seeing. And what is really significant in 80 represents the beginning of the fulfillment of our destiny. This is a significant decade that church is about to step into. God has been aligning sight, identity, causing us to see. This next 10 years, there's a whole shift coming in the spirit. This is the beginning of destiny. This is, this is a blind man going from, I see men like trees, to being totally healed. And God gives him long-range vision to begin to shift things. No longer in that town is a new man. It's a new beginning. The number 80 is the word pay, P-E-Y. And it's interesting that 80 represents, or pay represents mouth, or by extension, expression. Pay represents that which gives insight, expression. So we've had 10, 10 years of insight. Pay gives insight, expression. Are you getting this? 10 years of spiritual insight. God working on our eyes to see. This next decade is all about the mouth. It's about expression. It's about speaking. It's about releasing the identity that's within us on a world that's broken. The church cannot heal a broken world when it's broken inside itself. So God has been working, healing our heart, causing us to see. Hiding us in the secret place when there's no one watching, when people come and go, when, when things go wrong and we stay strong, we say, Lord, I will never leave you or forsake you. You've got my heart. I'm following after you. I see what you see. I want to let go of that vision. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes upon us. Jesus touches our eyes again and he turns our sight into expression and we begin to speak with authority. Pay always follows Ayan in the Hebrew order. The priority of the eyes before the mouth. To see before I speak. It's what I see that gives authority to what I say. It's in that secret place as I hear him speak to me and I see his heart for people, his heart for the nation. As I begin to get spiritual sight, that's when I can step into the public forum and I speak and my words carry power and authority because he's adjusted my vision. Moses led Israel out of Egypt when he was 80. Interesting. A man that couldn't speak. And he spent all those formative years, Jesus, coming upon him and adjusting his vision. He came to a, to a nation that, was, that had lost vision, that had lost hope. You know, they'd been in bondage for 400 years, wasn't it? And, and now they've got no vision for their life. And here comes a man who's been in the wilderness and he sees a burning bush. And God has adjusted his vision so he comes to a people that can't see and he can see on their behalf. Not only can he see, but as he brings Israel out, he has authority to speak and part the waters. 
I want you to know today that God's adjusting your vision because as he does that, he's going to give you a new expression and authority when you speak. And as we pray for you today, what we're praying is that as Holy Spirit comes upon you afresh today, he's going to adjust the way you see. He's going to cause you to walk with new levels of authority in your identity. There's going to come such a surety that I know who I am and why God created me to be. I know my purpose on this earth. I'm walking in alignment with his vision for my life. And as I walk in alignment with him, I have authority to speak. And as I speak, I release who I am. I release the DNA of God inside me to all those around me. Only those that are healed can heal. And so, God, I pray, anoint my eyes. Let your sight be my sight. See how you see. And as he heals us, we begin to speak with authority. This is not just a one-off transaction. This is a process that happens every day that he heals me, causes me to see, and then I'm able to speak.